Good morning and welcome to Breton Baptist Church. You're invited this morning into our prayer space and I will begin with prayer. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the reading this morning from Mark chapter 8, we read that the Pharisees weren't interested in the presence and the person of Jesus. They weren't bothered about getting to know him or becoming his disciples, but they were interested in his power. The disciples, on the other hand, were with Jesus. They had access to him. They lived with him. They watched his miracles firsthand and were even part of his miracles. Their lives had been changed and yet it seems that they had much more to learn. Jesus took this opportunity to teach the disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees, having a fixed and moving image of what their God was like, but Jesus didn't fit into that. They couldn't deny his power though. Can you hear Jesus's longing for his disciples to understand who he truly is, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him? He says, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And do you not remember? The disciples are concerned about the physical rather than the spiritual and Jesus was trying to teach them a spiritual lesson but their only frame of reference was the physical. The disciples worried about not having enough bread when the bread of life was in the boat with them. How could he communicate to them who he actually is? My Brian, the bearded chap, has got a friend who's a motivator. And he told me once, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But the best thing to do is to let the horse know that it's thirsty. My Brian used to be a chef. And one time years ago, he took over the management of Sandwich Bar. It was situated in the middle of an office block of a company of computer engineers. How could it thrive? How could he get people to come? So he did what Brian always does. He turned on the oven and he baked some bread and he opened wide the doors. People began to come out of their offices to check what the tantalizing smells were. And as they came, he asked them what they'd like to have. And he changed the menu from cheese and pickle to brie and grape, roast beef and mustard, salmon and cucumber, bacon, lettuce and tomato with lashings of mayonnaise. Takings rocketed and he was hunt hunted for another position. 
And if I were brave enough to quote a movie at this point, it would be the Italian job. Our family have also experienced a different kind of smell. We absolutely love showing them. It seems to be the land that time forgot and is a place that has, as a whole family, we've, we've come to cherish. Some years ago, we were getting ready for going on a holiday there. Mum and Dad were coming and we were going shopping to get some extra provisions. One of us, who will remain nameless, during that shopping trip became hungry and so we bought a chicken wrap. It turned out that we weren't actually as hungry as we thought we were and the packet got put out of sight. We packed for the holiday, excited and expectant. We arrived at the holiday home and flopped down, exhausted, after the preparation and the journey. But so happy to be there. We got all the bags into the house, everything unpacked, beds made and we're off down to the sea. You guessed it, we completely forgot about the wrap. Until we came to pack the car to go home. Brian opened the door of the car to a smell that nearly knocked him out. He probably wished he had a full hazmat suit to search for what was stinking as he found a furry green blob. Needless to say, Brian has never eaten a wrap since. We had no intention of that happening. And as far as we were concerned, it was an uninvited imposter. When Jesus sent out his disciples in Mark chapter six, he says this, take nothing for your journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts, wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Jesus sent his disciples out with no extra baggage. What baggage might Jesus want us to leave behind? Perhaps it's the prejudice and judgment and preconceived ideas, a fixed image of God. Are we carrying imposters with us? Perhaps anger or unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, unresolved grief, wounds of rejection. What about stress or tiredness? What about insecurity, lack of trust, low self-esteem, no confidence, low motivation? If left unattended, these things will not disappear but like the rap, they will fester and stink. How do we deal with these things? Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He invites us to check our baggage, just as he did with the apostles on their return from being sent out. In Mark 6, chapter 30, 
the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. They had to get alone with Jesus to check their baggage and to rest. Maybe this quiet place was a form of customs control. Thankfully, we're not treated like this. The quiet place here is the Greek word eremos, which means the wilderness. It refers to a barren, uninhabited, isolated place. A place of solitude and silence. A place where Jesus frequently went. The word Eremos occurs 49 times in the New Testament, nine times in the book of Mark, and six times in chapter one. The wilderness is not an easy place to be. And if you feel like you're in a wilderness at the moment, do not doubt God's love for you. Rest in his love and respond to his call. As it says in Hosea 2, he will speak tenderly to you. He makes the valley of trouble into a door of hope. When Jesus entered the wilderness in Mark chapter 1, it was from the springboard of God's love and acceptance. And as we respond to God's advances towards us in the wilderness, he will cleanse us, heal us and gently remove things that contaminate because the things that contaminate will often draw us away from experiencing his love. The wilderness helps us to remember and know who we are in God. It reminds us of our calling and our purpose. It helps us remember that we are about the Father's business and not our own. And it lets us rest undistracted in his love. We need to find those unforced rhythms of grace that Eugene Peterson speaks about. We need to live life as Jesus did, not in a hurry, but purposeful and focused. This will not come naturally and we cannot do this without intent. At the end of 2015 and throughout 2016, I experienced burnout and breakdown. I have had to make some adjustments in my life and to how I live. When I phoned the teacher helpline, because I was a teacher at the time, the lovely man that I spoke to quoted Einstein saying, the definition of insanity is to do the same things over and over again and expect a different outcome. In Jesus's own words, you reap what you sow. And during that time, I felt that the spirit whispered to me, I'm not a hard taskmaster. Don't live as if I am. My life wasn't giving off the beautiful aroma of fresh bread, but stale crumbs and plenty of stinky wraps. 
Leviticus 23:22 reads, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. The trouble was that I had ploughed way past the edges, way past the margins of the field of my life. I was mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually exhausted and I entered a time of severe depression induced by stress. I took comfort with how God had dealt with Elijah in 1 Kings 19. He fed him and let him sleep. But the journey was too great for him. The journey was the journey to Mount Horeb, the place where God had manifested himself. And after a journey through the wilderness of 40 days of 40 and 40 nights, Elijah arrived at Mount Horeb and met God there. And God spoke to him, not in the earthquake, not in the wind, not in the fire, not in the noise and chaos, but in a still, small voice. And when he spoke, he changed the course of Elijah's life. The stress and chaos had been removed from Elijah's life externally, but with God, his internal stress and chaos was quietened too. We have an enemy that would keep us preoccupied, tired and distracted. And in this battle, what is your weapon of choice? I'm learning that my weapon of choice is rest. And it's something that I'm still learning to do. In his book, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. John Mark Comer says the solution to the problem of hurry is not more time. It's to simplify your life around what really matters, to slow down, to use ancient practices of rhythms of prayer and contemplation, silence and solitude and Sabbath and bring these into the chaos of 21st century living. He and his family and church are practicing Sabbath on a weekly basis and says it has become for us a counter-cultural act of defiance against secularism and the hurry of Western culture. After a more recent period of stress, not too long ago, I was given the scripture, seek peace and pursue it. For me at that time, that meant seeking peace with God, which is easy because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Seeking peace with myself, which is slightly more problematic and seeking peace with others. Peace does not come through appeasement and sometimes it's hard work to try and find peace with others, but it's worth it. In her book, Invitation into Silence and Solitude, Ruth Haley Barton says this, this willingness to see ourselves as we are and to name it in God's presence is the very heart of the spiritual journey, but it takes time. 
time to feel safe enough with ourselves and with God to risk exposing the tender, unfinished places of the soul. We are so accustomed to being shamed and condemned in the unfinished parts of ourselves that it is hard to believe that there is a place where all of who we are, the good, the bad and the ugly, will be handled with love and gentleness. Solitude is just such a place. Over recent months, I've had such a desire to be a fresh stream and not a polluted river. And so for some time now, I've been looking at tried and tested spiritual exercises. A regular practice for me has become the examine, part of the spiritual exercises written by Ignatius of Loyola in 1548, looking at what brings consolation and desolation each day. This book, Sleeping with Bread, frames these questions in a different way. It looks on a daily basis, and I can't say that I've got to that yet, but it's something I do do regularly. For what moment today am I most grateful? For what moment today am I least grateful? When did I give and receive the most love today? When did I give and receive the least love today? When did I most feel alive today? When did I most feel life draining out of me today? Or where do I see God moving and where do I feel God's absence? It's helped me to identify points of tension in my life so that I can bring them to God and we can examine them together. Sometimes I just sit with him with that, no words needed, just that expression of love. Sometimes he gives me something to do. But doing these exercises, doing these things, I'm beginning to feel like I can breathe again. I feel like when I step outside the door and walk down into Ferry Meadows, that I'm walking inside a masterpiece. I'm beginning to rest in his loving arms just because it is life-giving. Psalm 131 verse 2 says, But I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. In the short term, if you're going through a time of great distress, a time of stress or depression, you may just need to take away this image of resting in God. This is something that we bought as a family some time ago. And it's become precious to us because both Brian and I loved having our children close to us in this way.
So if you're in a time of great distress, you may just need, like Elijah, to rest and be fed. And I just want to speak particularly to the young people today because we can often put on a mask and say that we're okay when we're not. And sometimes as an adult, we get that wrong because life is hard and the world we live in is a hostile place. So if you are feeling like you're in a very dark place, then please speak to somebody. Please speak to a trusted adult, even if it's not your parents. And parents, if that's you, if you have a young person, a child who is struggling, don't ignore it, but please listen. Please get them professional help if they need to. It doesn't mean to say that you're a bad parent, that is completely the opposite. It means to say that you care, but sometimes as a parent, we need to step aside and just let that young person express themselves as they need to and find healing in that. In the long term, you may wish to rethink how you're doing life. That's something that I'm constantly doing now on a daily basis. And what I have come up with is five S's. The first one is to stop. Look at practicing Sabbath a time every week to stop, rest, delight and worship. Every week. Sabbath becomes a rest of satisfaction and not exhaustion, of delight and not duty, of God being enough and not me having to do enough, of receiving, not proving, of quietness and confidence, not striving. The second S, simplify. Get rid of any unnecessary clutter. If that means physically, do that. That will help. Take nothing with you. Number three is silence in solitude. This will not come naturally. You will have to carve out time for silence and solitude, to silence the outer and the inner voices, to be with God in the stillness. For some people that might just mean five minutes, for others that might be a little bit more time. The fourth S is seasons. Scheduling in time for extended periods of silence and solitude. Put it in the diary. Make sure that you're taking time to be with God. And the fifth S is Shalom. Working from a place of rest. And again, this will look different for everyone. But think about what gives you life. We're coming to the end now. And as I read this scripture, I'd just like you to rest in this image of being with God. Wrap yourself up in his love, whatever your situation or your circumstances right now. 
you have the next few minutes just to rest in his arms. As I read Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 10 to 13 from the Passion Translation. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. I have come, as you have asked, to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. The season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. I'd just like to finish now with a prayer from Spurgeon that has become almost a daily prayer for me. Oh, to have one's soul as a field under heavenly cultivation, no wilderness, but a garden of the Lord, walled around by grace, planted by instruction, visited by love, weeded by heavenly discipline, guarded by divine power, one's soul thus favoured is prepared to yield fruit unto the glory of God. Amen.